When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Aaron throws a pass to himself. He stuffs it in. <laughs> Long rebound. Stolen by Fultz. Behind the back, out in the pass to Fournier. I've just been sticking to what I know, just work as hard as you can, getting up as many shots as I can, get that rhythm back. Last night it was the NBA suspending its season after Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for the coronavirus. This hiatus will be at least 30 days. The NBA Board of Governors has approved a 22-team restart in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. Welcome into the Hangtime Podcast. Sekou Smith here in Atlanta, your host. We are talking NBA Restart, July 30th in Orlando. All 22 teams from around the league converged on that one spot to get this season cranked back up. And today we're talking Orlando Magic with my main man. What's up, boss? 3D Dennis Scott. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm hanging in there, man. I'm, I'm kind of uh, excited about our conversation and I think all sports fans or more NBA fans are really, really interested about this bubble. Yeah, there's no question about that. The months off, the layoff 3D provided a lot of teams some time to to be introspective. Steve Clifford and his staff dove in on the tape on this Magic team, trying to just figure out what makes them tick. You know, they got some young guys, Mobamba, you know, even Aaron Gordon, they were still waiting to figure out exactly who and what they are. Where do you think this team is right now as a group in terms of their development and where they fit in the Eastern Conference? I think they're a bunch of hard workers. And I say, I, we always talk about, you know, a point guard or your team is a reflection of your head coach. Well, to your point, Steve Clifford has done an excellent job getting the best out of what he has. But I think Orlando still has that same problem they've been trying to find the last, say, three to five years is who's that guy? It's not so much someone you can market to Orlando. I know Central Florida inside out, just like you do, say, cool. So it's not about the marketing, the Shaq and Dwight Howard, T-Max. Yes, they've had those. But they still don't have that guy night in and night out where the opposing teams are saying, we have to slow him down. We have to double team that guy. We know this guy can get 30 or 40 on any given night, and he's the one that sets the tone for that team. So I think in my perspective, that's the biggest you know, issue or problem or things they need to figure out. Because to your question, they have a lot of nice pieces. But which piece are you saying that you want to build on for the next five, six, seven, eight years? You talk about Gordon. Yeah, they paid him that first, we call it the mini max, so to speak. They paid him that because they kind of had to because he was still on his rookie contract. Now, this next contract, which is right around the corner, 
Now, you've got to get up that 150, maybe 180, 200. I'm not sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, Magic Cranes, that he's that guy you want to give 200 million to. You got a young guy in Markel Fultz who's kind of resurrected his career, you know, in terms of, of how he fits and, and what they've heaped on his shoulders in terms of responsibilities. Does this Magic group need a little bit more time in, in the bubble being the perfect place to do some more evaluating? Do they need another season, another playoff run before they can really make lasting evaluations about some of these guys and where they fit long term? Somehow, I think this bubble will help out a lot of teams, especially with the Magic, to figure out, has this person been putting in the work with the three months off? Was this person just laying around watching TV saying, oh, we're never going to play basketball again? So I think it's been pretty impressive around the league seeing the guys who are in superb shape. So with that being said, with Markel, I need to see more meaningful basketball minutes. We understand pickup game. We understand scrimmages look good. But to your question again, Sekou, until I see him in a round one playoff game going against, you know, another point guard and really orchestrating what a real point guard needs to do to get your team out of a first round, I need to see more. But very happy, though, that the man is playing more confident basketball and proving that he was a first-round pick. But, yes, he's a first-round talent, and he's starting to show it. I mean, just thinking about as a player, what what do you think is the biggest adjustment for these guys down there? Is, is it all of the different rules and, uh, you know, the, the health and safety things you're concerned with? Or is it just playing on unfamiliar courts, not having – the crowd and, and all of the normal atmosphere. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering what the biggest transition and adjustment is going to be for these guys playing in this, in, in this environment that we've never seen before. All the players I've spoken to from the all-stars to the role players, or even some of the rookies who are just trying to still make a name for themselves. Obviously the health, making sure they wear their masks, do all the things that the league has in place. That is the number one concern. We all know that. We turn the page. The biggest thing that I've heard this is where I can have a little fun with you. It's like, 3D. When I have an and one, it's like, oh, there's nobody there. <laughs> oh, there's no, what? That is the biggest thing. There's no heckling. There's no booing. There's no cheering. There's no let's go. There's no, hey, what'd you do last night? Hey, you're at the hotel. Hey, like, those are the things that every player is like, the court, you know, the court's a court. The, the basket's 10 feet. We're going to get over that. Think about this and say, cool, LeBron gets his dunk. Now he's going to nobody. (laughs) And when I first heard it, it didn't quite click in. Then I heard it again, and I heard it again, and I heard it again. You know, when Dame Lillard hits the big game winning three at OKC, who's he saying bye-bye to with the rest of the fans? You know, like, (laughs) think about that great scene of the fans and everybody around Dame Lillard on the floor when he hit that big shot to send OKC home. Those are the things I think for me as a true basketball fan, it's going to take a couple games to get used to that. I know we're watching other live sports and the MMAs and the TVT tournament and other, and other stuff out there now, but until we see it in our NBA players and the way they like to show their enthusiasm, that's going to be the biggest glaring difference for and ones and great runs that these players are going to go on. Yeah, that's a great point. Just – that feel, kind of that natural instinct for how you manage your emotions in a game is going to be totally different for all these guys. Um, we talked about Aaron Gordon, who's obviously a player that's critical for what the Magic want to do. But Mo Bamba is another one, 3D, that is a young guy. I think we've all been waiting for him to show us some pop, to take that next step and then jump out at us. 
Um, even the way that Jonathan Isaac did before he got hurt this year, where it looked like it was starting to come. Isaac yep. had clearly yep. Yep. turning the corner, you know, kind of coming into his own physically. Where is Bamba at in his development, and what's what's the holdup? Like, why hasn't he made that jump before now? I'm personally concerned about Bamba. Let's go back to uh, pre-draft camp. You remember there was a video going around him shooting threes and putting the ball on the floor and all that? And I said, well, wait a minute, who are you? Are you a shot blocker? Are you a rebounder? What are you to establish who you are before you go to shooting threes and all that? Are you just a seven-foot athletic guy? And I think that confused him, in my opinion, where Jonathan Isaac said, you know what? Someone told me I could be the next Kevin Durant. So he started working on that. And then to your point, until he got hurt, he was starting to show, putting the ball on the floor, shooting the three, getting to the free throw line. He was starting to show, okay, I can see that talent starting to come out. With Bamba, one night he has five blocks. One night he has 12 rebounds. One night he makes a couple threes. So I'm thinking the injuries are the injuries. But for me, watching him play, I'm saying, son, pick a lane, dominate it, and work on everything else. But right now, I don't know what your true asset to me to this team to take you to the next level, personally and team-wise. If we're studying just the dynamics of what this magic group is going to be, you know, we can't talk about him without talking about Nick Wilson. And he's, he's, an, he's been an all-star, obviously. He's been kind of that anchor. Does he need to be more than what he's been for them to have an impact in, in, in this playoff conversation in the Eastern Conference in Orlando? If you're going to believe in Vucevic, and we know he's not sexy to a lot of NBA, you know, aficionados, but people like you and I know he's solid. He's a double-double walking machine. So stay with me when I say this. He's in that Marc Gasol conversation for what he does. But Marc Gasol has Zach Randolph next to him for, what, nine years, eight years, whatever it was? Vucevic has had a revolving door next to him at the power forward position. And I think people don't understand that. Like, think about when Shaq's early days. Shaq had a revolving door. Tom Tobert's of the world. As soon as we got Horace Grant, we're in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, Orlando, give the man a solid power forward or point guard that he can work off of because he picks and pops, knocks down the mid-range. He's a great free throw shooter, the big guy. And he's going to score with either hand around the basket. I don't think Orlando has put the right piece around him to get to that next level. You know that Orlando market as well as anyone, you understand the psychology of, of the sports fans in that town. How hungry are they for this magic team to be elevated into that upper echelon? Uh, when you talk to the, what we call the core season ticket holders, they're, they're really upset. They're really upset. You know, I, I think I can say this and, and, you know, talking to Joel Glass, who's you know, the head of PR, one of my, one of my good friends, I kind of raised him. He was, intern young guy under Alex Martins back when we played in the 90s he's kind of running the PR show and he's even talking about how hard it is for those PR guys who now have to go into the bubble and and figure it out and still get their work done with the players so with that being said he says the core season ticket holders at least once a week are saying what are we going to do how do we turn this franchise around who we build see when when fans ask questions like this say you know this who are we building around what is our future Who's our core three or four guys? That lets me know Orlando is finally waking up and understanding how the business of basketball works. Like you said, 
Making the playoffs is all about business. It's all about money. It's all about the owners. It's all about getting for next year. But the hardcore fans, they want first round, second round. They want them Eastern Conference banners. They want to say, can we taste the fire? Not also make it, but taste it. And that's to your question. They don't see tasting it in, in, in the far rearview mirrors because this team has a lot of good pieces. But if you wake up in the morning, you're not saying this is a championship team. It's a sober view, but it's, it's legit. I mean, everybody wants to, you know, dream a little dream about what that team might be able to do, you know, what the potential might be. But you got to see it at some point. I just feel like this Magic group is a team that's still in transition. You know what I mean? Like still figuring out the pieces, still figuring out, do I have what Steve Clifford is looking for to help take us to another level? And, and nobody is certain that it's all in place right now with this roster. I, and, and, you know, we don't we haven't talked about guys like, like T. Ross. Oh, yeah, T. Ross. From your first question, say, cool. You can go down that roster and say, yep, I like T. Russ. I like Fournier. Yep, I like him. I like a lot of these guys. But until Coach Clifford can pull out, pun intended, his magic wand and figure out which five to seven guys can say, you know what, we can compete with Indiana. We can compete, you know, with Toronto. We can compete, at least give Milwaukee a run for their money. But right now, we can't really say that. And I think that's the biggest problem with all these nice pieces. But how can we make these pieces work? Yeah, that's a great point. Talking the Orlando Magic with 3D Dennis Scott here on the Hangtime Podcast. We, we, we talked nuts and bolts first. Now we're going to talk, after the break here, a little keys to the Magic Kingdom for the hometown team, for the Orlando Magic. How do they make this experience work for them? We'll get to that right after the break. Back here on the Hang Time Podcast, talking Orlando Magic with my main man, 3D Dennis Scott. Uh, 3D, and I know you've spent plenty of time at Disney in Orlando. I, I mean, considering the playing days, the partying days, then the family days, and now you've probably dropped plenty of dough at the Magic Kingdom. So for the Orlando Magic, knowing what you know about Disney, we're going to play a little game here, have a little fun with the keys to the Magic Kingdom for the Orlando Magic. If we got a Beauty and the Beast matchup for the Magic in terms of the playoff teams that they would face, what's what's the Beauty matchup for Orlando in terms of the one that gives them the best advantage to be successful? Uh, I go back to what I said earlier. If, if somehow, you know, right now with so much going on with Brooklyn and they may slip in and slip out, if they could find like a Toronto sleeping, you know, because Toronto got off to such a fast start this year and caught so many people off guard. If Toronto's two and they're seven and they can make some shots and, and, and Kyle Lowry and, and Fred Van Fleet, that little backcourt, don't make shots early, I think that series gets pretty interesting because it's neutral. There is no – because everything we talk about is so neutral, I think their size could make things pretty interesting if they can make some shots. Now, I guess the flip side, the beast matchup in terms of the toughest one – Nobody wants to see Milwaukee, obviously. Nothing for the Greek freak. <laughs> and this year, the Greek freak has really instilled his leadership slash trust, where if I get double teamed, I have enough shooters. If Chris Milton's not making shots, I have other shooters to make shots. I think you don't want to fool with Milwaukee. Now, with that being said, Milwaukee has to, you know, remind us in the bubble, neutral court, 
different courts that they didn't continue to make shots too. This Orlando team, if, if they get three wishes, the team in a bottle grants some three wishes for what goes on in Orlando during the bubble. What, what are those three wishes that, that you could think of for the, for the Magic? T. Ross and Fournier shoot the blood out of the basketball. Aaron Gordon plays like an all-star. Big elephant in the room. Are we going to say DJ Augustine, the journeyman, plays like a top 10 point guard in the league? Because we always say it every year, Sekou. We love him. He gets it done. But as soon as he plays more than 28 minutes, he shows why he's really a backup. Yeah. It's going to be tough work for he and Markel Fultz, too. Yeah. About whatever playoff matchup they get, that backcourt on the other side. You mentioned Van Vliet and, and Kyle Lowry, potentially, um, or what they can see in Eric Bledsoe, you know, and, and Dante DiVincenzo, whoever else is in that rotation for the Bucks. It's going to be hard work for that backcourt, for sure. Um, if Disney is a place for superheroes, who's the Mr. Incredible for this Magic team? Who's the one guy that has to step up and be that X-factor kind of game-changer player for them in, in the bubble? No question, Aaron Gordon. We know he's a freak of nature athletically. We, we've seen the dunk contest with that. That's turned the page. Aaron Gordon, how can you show us that you're a freak of nature athletically Now you've turned into a basketball mind? Very similar we've seen with Zach Levine has done in Chicago where now we don't look at him just a dunker. Now he shoots three. Sometimes he may shoot too much trying to be the man. But – you see the activity heading that right direction. That's the kind of activity I want to see with Aaron Gordon, that he's knocking down open shots, he's putting the ball on the floor, getting to a sweet spot. He's playing good defense. He's a double-figure rebounder every night. And because of his athletic ability, he should be able to shut down or slow down the opposing three or four on the floor. A lot will be expected of Aaron Gordon. I think a lot of people looking at him as a player, you know, who could be that true X factor for this Magic team, no question about that. Who's most likely to show up to that player's lounge and win an NBA 2K tournament from, from this Magic roster? Uh, last time I checked, I think that's probably one of the young fellas. That might be Markel Folks. Because mm. they, they, they say when he was injured in Philly that he was definitely on what they call the sticks, the, the controller. <laughs> man, he was definitely on his sticks playing a lot of video games. So being a young guy, and, 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 and I've noticed now, even through this whole pandemic, even I've turned into a mini gamer now with nothing to do with my kids. So I, I would say... Markel is probably the guy that comes to mind for me because he's so young and still playing video games. Well, they got to have an old head that shows up, you know, with his, with the other kind of sticks. Who shows up with the with the golf clubs to to swing them a few down there in Orlando? Yeah, I could probably see Vucevic. Mm. I could see the big fella. I could probably see the big fella say, "Okay, day off. All right, is it our time to go? You know, to the golf course. All right, guys, I see y'all later." Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Now, who who shows up? I, I heard they got DJs at all of the different hotels cranking it up. Who shows up and attends uh, the DJ set? Terrence Ross. T. Ross. <laughs> T. Ross, Mr. Personality. He'll probably have on one of them crazy little outfits. So my, hey, since I can't leave the bubble, I'm going to go ahead and bubble with y'all right now, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, now look. If there's a fairy tale ending for the Magic down there, right in their backyard, they leave the bubble and make the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs if what happens? If Orlando, we say it a lot and it's just going to sound simple, but you got to make shots. 
Coach Clifford preaches and teaches the mindset of playing good team defense. They show us that. They're always in the top ten, top – I think one year they was top eight. It's just that they couldn't make no shots. Yeah. So if they play the tough defense, we know they can. Ken Markel Foles, Ken DJ Augustine, Ken Terrence Ross, Fournier, those guards have to shoot the ball well. If they do that, they shock probably Toronto or something like that in the first round, and they probably lose the second round, you know, in game five or six. But to your question, that's a successful restart, finish up the season to make it to the second round. Yeah. A lot on the line, 3D. You know, we, we talk about what the big dogs are doing, chasing championships, you know, but a team like the Magic, trying to build something, trying to build some consistency, some playoff consistency. You're right, a, a, a chance to knock off somebody in that first round and make a little bit of noise in this environment could be huge for them. Now, your general manager, now your owner, you sit down and you say, you know what? Now we've identified these five guys. Let's pay these guys. Let's let them know we believe in them. Now you empower them. They work hard. They work on their game. And then you say, you know what? What pieces do we have on the bench can we use to go get some more veterans to help them out so we can go to the next level? You know that better than anybody. You've been there. You've done it. Hardest working man in the business. I know you got that hip. Brand new robotic hip. Hey. Bionic 3D, baby. <laughs> Dennis Scott, join us here on the Hangtime Podcast. We're talking all 22 teams headed to the NBA restart the bubble in Orlando. 3D, appreciate your time. Get better, my man. Feel better, and we'll see you down the road. Hangtime, baby.